All right, welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. I am just getting more and more excited about this series. You know, we've been talking about the value of the local church. We talked about how, you know, Peter uh, received the revelation uh, that Jesus was the Son of God, and Jesus said uh, because of that, he's going to build his church on that revelation, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church. Um, we also talked about the many hardships that we might face in our lives and the importance of having a good local church you know, available to us uh, so that you know, when we're going through those things, we have people that already know us, people that we already trust, and so on and so forth. Uh, we talked about how Jesus uh, was found in the temple, and if it was important for Jesus to be found in the temple, then it's important for us to be found in the temple, so that we can be equipped for the work of the ministry, so that we can do what God has called us to do effectively, and we can also be have, have a level of accountability in what we're doing, to make sure that what we're doing is in accordance with the Word of God, and also done safely. You know, just because you even go out with the Word of God, the Bible says that you're going to offend people. And, you know, you got to be careful with that. And uh, not that we don't want to offend people that need to be offended, but you also need to know how to manage that so that that person doesn't become so offended that they just walk away. And so tonight what I want to do is actually talk to you about God is a God of order and structure. So when we're talking about the body of Christ, we've got to begin to understand that, you know what, God is a God of order and of structure. And you will find order and structure all the way through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament. And we're going to read about what this new church looks like uh, in accordance with Scripture. So I want to start with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to, oh yeah, the church. And the gift that he gave to the church are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. These are the gifts that God has given to the church, the local church. And I know we also have a global church, but listen, you wouldn't have a global church if you didn't first have one and then another and then another. It would only be a local area, but instead we have a global church now. Praise the Lord, I'm glad that we do. But when Jesus was around, there wasn't a global church yet. It took the gospel to go out. It took leadership, like they're talking about, these gifts to actually organize the church so that it could grow and become effective around the world. And it says their responsibility... So we're talking about the church and we're talking about the responsibility of the fivefold ministry is to equip God's people to do God's work. So what happens if we're not equipped and we get saved and we just have zeal and we go out and we do things? Well, I think we see that in the story of Peter. You know, Peter many times kind of stuck his foot in his mouth and thank God that he had Jesus, his pastor, right there to say, wait a second, Peter, we're not doing that. We don't cut people's ears off. We don't, you know, act out of the flesh like that. We don't do these things. And Peter ate his words many, many times. I can't imagine who Peter could have become without the gift of Jesus in his life to equip him for the ministry. And Peter became one of the greatest forces in growing the church out of Pentecost of all the uh, disciples uh, put together. 
And so it says, this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This tells me that we're going to be in the church for a very, very long time because to come into the completeness or the maturity of the Lord Himself, measuring up to that complete standard of Christ, that is going to take some time. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about with every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound, hear this, like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. This is the purpose of the church, the gift that God's given them, to equip them for the work of the ministry and to make sure that that work that they're doing is actually causing you to grow to a level of maturity in your life and that you can actually be in a position then to discern the difference between the truth that will make you free and something that sounds like the truth. It says he makes the whole body. So what is the whole body? The whole body is the global church, but again, remember the network of churches that create the global church. And it says, he makes the whole body fit together, kind of, sort of good. No, it says that he makes it fit together perfectly. Who makes it fit together perfectly? Christ makes the church fit perfectly together, which means that he gives the gifts and the talents of the structure of the church so that the people in the church can actually grow in who they are in Christ. And sometimes you have people that want certain things that they don't know enough about. And, you know, you've got a pastor that's going, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second here. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, let's, let, let's do this decently. Let's do it in order. Let's make sure you're equipped before you throw yourself out there. Because I promise you, just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're the nicest person in the world. But it says that he makes the whole body work together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so God, Christ gave these gifts of leadership to the church. You know, a lot of people out there say, well, you know, I don't know about all that. You know, I, you know, I don't need anybody, you know, in leadership over me and the body of Christ. Well, then you're really not receiving the gift that God gave to the church. You know, it's not, we don't go based on how we feel, we go based on the Word of God. And as much as the Word of God says that, you know, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that when you die, you'll go to heaven, it also says that Christ gave gifts to the church, leadership to the church, structure to the church, so that you could be equipped for the work of the ministry and that you could become mature in the unity, not the lone rangerness, but in the unity of our faith together in the local assembly. And again, I know this scripture is talking about global church, but I also know that you cannot have the global church without the little churches all around to create that network. 
So let's go on and read a little bit more about structure and order in the church and what the Word of God has to say about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 through 31, it says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of that body. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. And again, I, 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 I want you to really start to understand that without these gifts or without these appointed people who God appoints, you don't have the structure of the church. And if you don't have the structure of the church, how can it stand? So he gets very specific here. He not only goes into the five-fold ministry, but he gets into other gifts as well. And he says, first are the apostles, second are the prophets, third are the teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, or the ministry of helps, those who have a gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. It says, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not, the Bible says. So you should earnestly desire the, the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best for all. And that way of life that is best for all is really understanding that there is a purpose for the apostle, the prophet, the teacher. There is a purpose for the one who does miracles, the ones who has the gift of healing, the one who is, uh, has a gift of leadership or, or administration or those kinds of gifts. There is a reason for those people. We can't negate that and say, well, you know, praise the Lord, I don't believe in all that stuff and you know, all they want is my money and all they want is... Is, is, is what they want and so on and so forth. And of course, we know many examples around the world of bad seeds that were called by God but chose to go another way. And I apologize for all of that. I ask you today to forgive all those who, who missed their opportunity with God, who used their gift to, to accomplish something that was not of God and did it in the name of Jesus. I ask every one of you to forgive them. Let it go. Even the fact that they did that strengthens for me the need for Christ. Because you have to understand that the people that these positions that are being named here are attached to people who still have a need for Christ, who still fall short of the glory of God every day, who still need this sanctification part of Jesus to heal them. But if we're not careful, we'll become so familiar with them that we'll see them in a bad light rather than seeing them the way God sees them. And I'm certainly not one to say, hey, you know, you, you, you've you know, put a black eye on the church that you should just jump right back in and, you know, have a ministry position again. I, I am not in favor of that whatsoever. I'm in favor of accountability and that person becoming accountable. And if that person can be restored, great. But if, if they are unrepentant and they, you know, just want to throw in the towel, let them go. Let them go. But you also need to let them go in forgiveness. So, you know, 
I just, I hope you're really understanding this. You know, everybody wants to do what they want to do, but really have you asked God, what is my gift? Where do I fit jointly into the body of Christ? How do I get involved in that? And really the bigger question is, is if you did know what that was, would you do it with all your heart? Would you do it as unto the Lord? Would you submit to the godly authority that God has placed over you? These are really big questions right now. Really big questions in the global church and in the local church. And I just want to encourage as many of you as possible, let go of your apprehensions. Let go of the need to, to see somebody, you know, a certain way that's in leadership in the body of Christ. Let go of that. Pray for them. Encourage them. Love them. Encourage them to continue to do what God has called them to do. I want to read another scripture to you. This is just good stuff. This stuff is, is stuff that will just keep you in the kingdom for a really long time. You won't get off base. You won't get co competitive in the body of Christ. You won't let your feelings get hurt anymore. You know, you'll understand that people are going to make mistakes and that's just the way it is. You know, whether it's you're in the daycare and the daycare leader, you know, didn't send you the schedule on time or, you know, Titus in the back over here didn't, you know, put the right words on the, on the screen for you or whatever, you know, you, you got to let that stuff go. We're all imperfect. We all have a need for Christ. So get your focus off of the negative and get your focus back on the gift that these people have. Get your focus on your gift that you have. And begin to walk in that thing by faith, not based on what you see, but based on what God has called you to. And you will find yourself operating in a supernatural realm that's going to come out of the local church. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or it's not. Whether you got the schedule on time or you didn't. Whether what Pastor Paul said that offended you or didn't. Get your focus off of those things. Whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct. This is the obligation of the, of the, of the pastor now, of the fivefold ministry. It says, preach the word of God. Because he's talking to Timothy here. Timothy is a pastor, and Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's, he's being really clear. He's providing structure for the church. It says, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether in time of favor or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers outside of the church who will tell them whatever their little itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth. They'll chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind, Timothy. Pastor Timothy. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. Hallelujah. If you want to be a kingdom builder, if you want to be part of, of the kingdom, you've got to understand it's going to start in that local church. 
And it's going to mean that you're going to have to suck it up. You're going to have to do whatever it takes to make sure that the purity of the truth continues to move forward in spite of people who are going to want to point the finger or are going to want to get offended or are going to want to do all those things and forget about the calling that that person has and stick keeping their focus on the calling rather than all the, the inadequacies and all the things that you disagree with and so on and so forth. That is not you getting equipped for the work of the ministry. That's you coming to church to see what you can get for yourself. Ministry is all about you ministering to others, starting with your family first, then you know ministering out into your community and so on and so forth. But you got to understand, you need to be equipped for that ministry. And that's what your local church is here to do. We are here to provide that instruction. We are here to rebuke when rebuke needs to happen. You know, if, 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 if you're a pastor, if you're really submitted to the godly leadership that God has placed in your life, that pastor can come to you and convey something to you and you will say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, I don't walk based on my feelings or based on what I want or don't want. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price and I receive what this pastor is telling me. And you know what? Even if the pastor is wrong, God looks at your heart. Looks at your heart. He wants to prove you. He wants to turn you into something of, of precious value. And that precious value is the church. You are that church. You can't separate yourself. You can't, you know, uh, be a, a sheep without a shepherd and, you know, all those kinds of things. You've you got you to stay your course. You've got to know where God has planted you that he's going to water there. And it may be dry where you're standing right now, but I also ask you to cast all your cares upon the Lord. I'd ask you to pray for your pastors. I'd ask you to pray for you know, those people in the church. I'd ask you to you know, get your heart right and forgive. I'd ask you to practice really what the gospel is all about. It's a great opportunity. And if you can't do these things in the body of Christ, how would you ever do them in the world? And I don't mean that you can't go out and you can't minister to other people, but what will be the effectiveness of your ministry without the accountability of your local church? I said this in the last uh, sermon. I'm accountable to my, my pastor, uh, my pastors, my, my bishop and his wife, Pastor Gloria. I tell you, they can stop me, and they have many times. Say, hey, you're getting down the wrong road here. And it doesn't mean that I just all of a sudden, oh, wow, you know, I, I get it. Sometimes it takes me a minute. Sometimes you, you get so invested in something that you don't want to let go for the fear of being wrong. And this isn't about right or wrong. It's really about you accepting the incredible grace that God has given to you in the local assembly so that you can grow and mature there and you can begin to operate in the supernatural. And I'd encourage you to really go back to that first uh, message of the series and listen to that again, because really that's what it's all about. You're not operating in the kingdom if you're not operating out of the church, if you're not submitted to godly authority, if you don't have spiritual leadership, I mean, that knows you intimately, that can call you out on the carpet when they need to, but they can also be there for you when in your time of need to encourage you. It's good stuff. I want to read an, uh, one more scripture and then I'm going to uh, close this uh, tonight. It's, it's found in Matthew 8, 5 through 13. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, 
My young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in an terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just pray right where you are. Or just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have the authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they will go, or come, and they will come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Hear this. This is critical to understand. It says, when Jesus heard him say that, Jesus was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, his disciples, his church now, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And what is he, what is he declaring? He's saying, listen, you've got to understand there is, there is authority in this world. And if you don't understand that authority, if you don't understand how to operate in that authority, and you don't understand how to be humble, I'll tell you, you're, you're going to miss it. Your faith is not going to be as strong as it would be if you did. And it says, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those who whom the kingdom was prepared for, will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home because you believe, and it, and it has happened. And the young servant was healed in that same hour. I want to encourage you, begin to understand the importance of godly authority. This is not to boss you around. This is not to tell you what to do. This is to keep you safe and to put you in a position where you are equipped to do the work of the ministry and to operate in the supernatural all the days of your life. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for every person watching this. I thank you that they have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, Lord God. And I just thank you right now, Father God, for the level of authority that you have put into your church, that you've installed into your church. And I thank you, Father God, right now that we get things right with our brothers, with our sisters, with our pastors, with the fivefold ministry, anyone that has been hurt, Father God, I just pray right now by the body of Christ, I just pray right now, Father God, that you release them of all that pain. And I just invite them all back in exactly where you'd want them to be, which is in the local church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. I want to invite you to church on Sunday. Pastor Barb's going to have a great message for you personally. <laughs> and I want to invite you to come personally here to the church. Gather together here, see each other, you know, get around each other. And I want to encourage you to do that both at the 9 o'clock service and the 1030. We'll not only be gathering together locally here at the church, but we'll also be uh, doing those uh, services uh, via uh, live stream as well. Before I close this service, I want to make sure everybody knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's just do it in faith. Let's get our hearts right with God. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, please make a comment in the, in the feed down below. Let us know you received Jesus Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.